Good afternoon. This is the weekly wrap for January 20th. We'll start with the inflation data that came out earlier in the week. That was the producer price index, which calculates uh, prices charged by producers of goods and services. And that came in below expectations again. And so this is the continuation of inflation data that's rolling over, uh, indicating that inflation has clearly peaked and uh, getting the market more comfortable with the idea that the Fed is probably going to raise rates one more time here in February, uh, most likely only a quarter of a point, and then that might be it for the year. The other data that's coming in very weak is housing. We've seen uh, nothing short of a collapse in housing data on new starts, on existing sales, as the 30-year uh, fixed interest rate mortgage rate has now bouncing between six and a half and seven percent and has basically completely killed the housing market we did get a, a number of fed governors uh, coming out this week uh, you know there are seven of them that work for the federal reserve and every week they kind of tag team off uh, hit the public airwaves and try to you know message out their intentions uh, on trying to kill inflation sometimes they're in sync sometimes they're not and a lot of it is, uh, you know, in one ear, out the other by the market. The bond market is pricing in uh, another rate hike and then a rolling over of rates by the middle of the year and, and, you know, softening of the economy at that point that will force the Fed to take rates down again. The Fed refutes this. They um, So what you're seeing is a battle lines being drawn between the bond market and the Federal Reserve and what they're saying. But uh, the most important impact of all of this is on the dollar. The U.S. dollar has broken weekly support, and as of the recording of this, it may close below weekly support. Now, one week, uh, I'm not going to read too much into it, but if we get uh, follow through for another week or two and we break weekly support, you could see the dollar fall another three or four or five points uh, into the mid-90s, which would continue to help make U.S. agricultural goods uh, more competitive globally. Uh, China is in the middle of reopening, uh, tracking the flights. Uh, airline traffic has exploded higher. It's now above all 2022 levels. Um, we are tracking train activity and road activity, and that's all rebounding very, very quickly. Um, so, you know, we're, we're seeing uh, business activity pick up very quickly in China. Uh, we know COVID cases are exploding. China has locked down uh, any, any data coming out on that. And so, um, you know, we, we, we know that herd immunity is a very difficult process, uh, but that's what they're going through. And, and China is uh, doing their best to hide the damage related to this uh, reopening of the economy. We're seeing uh, the, the volatility expressed in this reopening through gold, silver, copper, all are making new highs that we haven't seen since last spring. Uh, crude oil is even rallying. And so, you know, we're seeing uh, rallies in commodities that are strong indicators of increased business activity in China. The war in Ukraine continues to grind on. Uh, the U.S. has committed another $2.5 billion of aid, uh, and Russia has continued its heavy, heavy bombing campaign of major cities, 
of key infrastructure and is basically just grinding um, these major metropolitan areas to a pulp right now. Um, Russia is being accused by Ukraine of slow rolling the permitting process of grain shipping out of the corridor. So they're intentionally slowing down the approval process so badly now that we're shipping less than half the grain we were last October when this corridor was uh, reapproved. So rather than do anything formally with any tanks or missiles, they're just using uh, a slowing of the, the paperwork process to kill Ukrainian exports. And so, you know, just understand that shipments are, are even though Ukrainian prices might be a little bit more competitive globally, uh, there just isn't the physical supply available to help the world out very much. In the U.S. markets here, we saw the soybean crush come in at 177 million bushels. The market was expecting 182. Uh, the weather, the cold weather, the plants shutting down was partially to blame, along with uh, maybe some difficulty originating supplies, soybean supplies. Um, it's certainly not the profitability. Profitability remains at record high levels, so it has to be something else limiting the crush versus what the market was expecting. Export uh, shipments on Tuesday were very strong for corn, beans, and wheat, but what was more impressive were the export sales. New sales this morning were huge for corn. They were solid for beans, uh, you know, better than they've been for wheat, quite a bit better, and they were very good for cotton. And I think that was the main catalyst for cotton closing up three cents today. It's very possible, we've been talking for a while now about the weakening dollar, about China reopening, that maybe we have finally found a place of value for cotton, U.S. cotton globally. Uh, the heaviest buyer was China, uh, Turkey behind that, Pakistan, Vietnam. So a whole host of players were involved buying U.S. cotton. And it was good to see the price action related to that uh, activity. Um, we few more bean sales like this, though. If we keep selling beans at this pace, the USDA is going to have to undo that reduction in export sales on beans that they put into this balance sheet the last two or three reports. We're very clearly running well above the sales number needed to hit the soybean export sales number. And it'd be just like the USDA to be lagging on that through all of the spring. So something's not adding up on the bean sales versus what the USDA has dialed in uh, on their balance sheet. Argentinian weather did improve this week. They did get some rains, and it looks like they may continue to get some rains over the next week. What is not known, of course, is how bad is the damage that's been done? Uh, how long will these rains last? And it's leading to you know, wide speculation on the damage done to the crop versus USDA estimates. The market is all over the place. Uh, some were 10, uh, some were even 15 million metric tons below USDA's numbers. Now with these rains, some are 10 and some are only 5. But there is literally no way to know uh, until we get through crop maturity and crop development over the next 30 to 60 days. What is interesting to note here is that if we remember last year, the main feature of the disaster in South America was Brazil, where we lost, you know, some 20 million metric tons of soybeans due to the drought down there. And right now we're only at 10 on Argentina. 
But if this drought uh, persists and the damage continues to extend, we could sneak up and, and, and be very close to last year's damage number on Brazil out of Argentina. And so that would sneak up on this market uh, and, and continue to be quite bullish story for soybeans for the rest of this year. Uh, in an indication of that tightness, uh, you, Argentina came in and bought two vessels of soybeans from Brazil to that equivalent, you know, about 71,000 metric tons of soybeans were put on a boat and loaded in Brazil and went to Argentina. So Argentina has run out of soybeans and that is uh, keeping the, the spot market quite active as those vessels are going to get replaced by, you know, that's probably business that might have been destined for China. Then now China came in this morning with a pretty large spot purchase of U.S. beans again. So this, these losses in Argentina, they matter to the soybean market very much. We continue to see the spreads invert. We talked about this after the crop report came out last week where the government admitted uh, a, a huge loss of old crop inventories of corn, old crop inventories of beans, and that got the markets uh, fully inverted, meaning the March was trading, you know, was trading at a small carry to, to May corn, you know, reasonable carry, small carry to beans. They have now inverted, indicating that the cash market is very, very tight. And the curve is inverted all the way out through new crop. So all the way out through next December on corn and all the way throughout next November in beans. This is a very powerful, bullish uh, sign that the commercial market uh, is indicating that we're short corn and we're short beans in the old crop space. We did have a big day for cotton as we talked. Uh, we bounced three and a half cents higher. Uh, but I consider 90 cents to be that key area of resistance. We closed at 86.70 uh, in that area, so we're only about three cents away from breaking that resistance. Um, if that area of resistance is broken, then you know you would be looking for that to be the floor, and then the next area of resistance would be 97 cents, which is the 200-day moving average on the March contract. Uh, the spreads were kind of widening out, going to a carry between the May and the March and the May, and they kind of inverted back today a little bit. So what I would say for those of you that have taken the provisional that are sitting on the March contract, I would wait to see how next week's price action, if there's any kind of follow through, I'm going to have you roll your provisional uh, month from the March to the May. You will get a text directly from me on when to do that. And because I'm not exactly sure we're going to get into that mid to upper 90s on the March contract. It's just hard to know. But I do feel like we'll get there by May. So we'll uh, get look for a, a message from me, a text message on when to make that roll. Some of you may be content to do it here right now on your own. I'm okay with that. You know, we're only about 30, 40 points uh, on a carry. So it's not that big a deal at the moment. Uh, in the corn market... For old crop here, our targets remain intact. We're still looking for a filling of that gap at 7.30 on the March contract. We will advance old crop sales at that point. And then we're looking for a test, something closer to 6.40, 6.50 on the December contract for our first 20 to 25% sale on new crop corn. Beans uh, were comfortable, were 80% sold, and looking for that test of the contract high at 15.70. Uh, area to finish out this year's sales 
for those of you that want to hold and play the summertime market, we would be looking for uh, a breakout above that area, get through $16, and look for some volatility this summer if, if we can get above $16. For new crop, we're in pretty comfortable shape. We we did get that nice sale off at 14.25. Market has set back pretty aggressively here. I think the managed money and the commercial flow is all focused about old crop right now and not on new crop. Uh, wheat still have no interest at these levels. Still looking for $10 Chicago wheat. Still looking for Kansas City to get to 11. And that those areas before I'd make any new crop sales. It was interesting that Farm Futures did a quick survey on acres for next year. They did, uh, from their survey of six, I think, 700 farmers, were looking for a 2 million acre increase in corn and a little over a million and a half acre decrease in beans. So we'll see kind of what uh, where this all plays out. That'll be in the next line of discussion. At the end of March, we'll get that first survey on acres. And that makes sense when you think about we planted 3.5 million more acres of wheat. Uh, whether that wheat gets harvested or not or goes for insurance, uh, it does throw a, a big wild card in the planted acreage picture uh, going forward. So that's the update. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. These are my opinions and not those of ADM or ADMIS.